0: I'm your host, Gil Martin, I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Hello everybody, and welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad to be with you. Wow. What An exciting and disappointing game for the New York Islanders. They fall in double overtime, 5-4, a game that realistically the Islanders could have and should have won several times over, and yet now, after losing the last two and losing all three games so far that they've lost in this series in overtime— the Islanders will face a Game 7, we'll break down all of Game 6, what happened, why it happened, what the Islanders did well, and there are a lot of things, and what they need to fix, and of course we will preview Game 7 as best we can, uh, but wow, what what a hockey game, and disappointing, and frustrating And you know what? At the end of the day, the Islanders had every opportunity to win this hockey game. All right. If you have a question, a comment, a topic that's on your mind, please feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. Leave your name. Tell us where you're from. We're happy to mention you on the air when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles.com. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. And we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news and notes. Alright, Game 6, Islanders have home ice advantage, or at least are the designated home team. And the first period, just realistically, the Islanders came out... Played very well for most of the early part of the game, but could not solve Carter Hart. And, you know, for the first eight minutes, roughly, of the hockey game, the Flyers did not even register a shot on goal. And the Islanders really had several quality chances to get on the board first and take the lead and yet they just could not do it. And finally, a breakdown, and the story early on is the Islanders made a few mistakes, and those mistakes ended up in the back of the net. Uh, Devon Taves had a rough shift on the first Flyers goal, as did Anders Lee, and, you know, trouble clearing the puck out trouble getting things moving, and as a result, the Flyers end up scoring first and taking that one-to-nothing lead. The goal happening midway through the period, 10-16, and Kevin Hayes gets it, and it's one-to-nothing. So it was like one mistake, Flyers opportunistic, they take advantage. Then, basically, uh a slap shot by James Van Riemsdyk, Adam Pellick pinched, ended up getting caught up ice, and the result is Van Riemsdyk's second goal in as many games. And in less than two minutes, the Flyers had a two-to-nothing lead. But you know the Islanders, typical of the Islanders, do not quit. And late in the first period, they they kept plugging away, they started to get things going, and it does pay off. Derek Brassard ends up with a very nice goal on a deflection, nice play by Devon Taves to set it up, and it was a two-to-one hockey game at the end of the first period, and the shots on goal, 10-5 in favor of the Islanders after one, and it really looked like at the end of the period that the Islanders, who outplayed Philadelphia for most of that first period, were in control of the hockey game on the ice. But, you know, here's one of those situations. Varlamov did not have a strong start to this game. And again, I'm not saying these were very bad or very soft goals that he gave up. But when you give up two goals in five shots, in the playoffs, especially, there are times you need your goalie to bail out some of those mistakes. And unfortunately, in the first period, especially, that did not happen. In the second period, things started to get a little more optimistic for the Islanders. And they end up, you know, continuing to put on pressure. And they end up tying the hockey game up. Matt Martin, just a minute 24 into that second period, set up by Cal Clutterbuck, who made a very nice pass. Martin now has four goals uh, in the postseason after getting five all season. Clutterbuck, the lone assist, new game, all even, two apiece. And then, as is Alan Vigno's usual uh. Usual course, he challenges uh, the goal. Casey Sizikas was tripped, fell into, uh, you know, crashed into the crease area, but clearly he was tripped on the play. Vino challenges, loses. He's 0 for 3 on challenges. The first two times, the Islanders' power play unable to take advantage, but this time they actually do. Anders Lee with the big goal, his seventh of the playoffs, Barzal and Eberly with the helpers, and it's a three to two Islanders lead. 306 into period number two. And it just seemed like everything was moving in the right direction for the New York Islanders. And unfortunately, uh the Islanders sort of had a letdown, and, you know, they got that lead, and then they sort of took the foot off the gas just a little bit. Flyers end up tying it up on a goal by Ma- Michael Raffle, his fourth, at 13:21, and it looked like all of a sudden, you know, that's a rebound goal, again, can't necessarily fault Varley, but it's a a, a 3-3 hockey game with about six and a half minutes left in the second period. We will continue to break things down. We'll finish breaking down the second period. We'll do the third period in the overtimes. More to come here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Folks, if, if you want to have the best tasting protein bar ever, try a Built Bar. Now there are six new amazing flavors, including cookies and cream, caramel brownie and apple almond crisp then all 18 flavors now are covered in 100 percent chocolate they're soft and easy to chew i mean in the past when i've had protein bars either the flavor isn't good or the texture isn't good or both not going to happen with a built bar these taste great and they're great for the health conscious person you can lose or maintain weight And it feels like you're cheating because you're indulging in a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high fiber, high in protein, and they're great for the keto diet. Let's look at the Cherry barcia flavor. 17 grams of protein in each bar, 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So the Islanders continue to put pressure on in the late stages of the second period, and they, you know, they were really putting a lot of shots on goal, and Carter Hart ended up stopping most of them, finally, with 30 seconds left in the period. Matthew Barzal rips one off a nice setup by Derek Brassard, hard, high shot, gets past Hart, and with that, the Islanders headed into the locker room at the second intermission with a four-to-three lead. And look, we've talked so often about the importance of those goals late in periods and what they do for momentum, and it really, you know, often changes the uh, the feeling, the momentum, the the course of a game, and everything seemed to be pointing the Islanders way they outshoot the Flyers 18 to 8 in that second period 28 13 the shots on goal through two periods and yet the Islanders only led by one goal and in the third period you know the Islanders got off to a very very good start and they were playing smart don't make any mistakes but still keep the pressure on hockey the final shots on goal in the third period were 14-4 to in favor of the Islanders. And it looked like things were going great. But in the third period, tough one. Devon Taves had a chance to keep the puck in at the point. He whiffed on it. The Flyers get a 2-1 break the other way. Giroux finds Lawton. It's his fifth of the playoffs at 9.53, and the game is all tied. Islanders had some chances. Uh, There were some questionable penalty calls, quite honestly, uh, in the latter stages of this game or in in regulation. Uh, But at the end of the day, the Islanders had a chance. Justin Braun took down Matt Martin with, uh, what was it, two minutes and 42 seconds left in regulation. Islanders power play had plenty of chances. And they had three shots. That first line, the Eberly barzal lee line, was swarming. And they had so many good chances, but the Islanders couldn't convert. Hart came up big. A big two- or three-shot flurry in front. And the game ends up going to overtime. Derek Brassard. Uh, took a penalty midway through overtime that was more than a little bit questionable, but the Islanders had plenty of chances in that first overtime. They outshot the Flyers 9-6. Anders Lee had a really good chance in close, about 6.45 in, but Carter Hart got his pad down and did it. Again, the top line, about Midway through the period, about nine minutes in, the top line, again, setting things up with their speed, creating space, getting chances. Another great opportunity on the shorthanded situation. Uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot had a shorthanded two-on-one, went off the goalie's mask, and, you know, Hart makes the save. And at the end of the overtime, Eberle took a penalty for delay of game, that lasted 42 seconds, the power play, Travis Sandheim uh, took a hooking call that was drawn by Casey Zizekas, and the game goes to double overtime. And yet, in double overtime, it seemed like the Islanders started to have problems. They started to lose a lot of those 50-50 battles for those loose pucks. They started to have the puck deep in the Islanders' zone for longer periods of time than it had been before. And you look at the shots on goal in the second overtime, 8-2 in favor of the Philadelphia Flyers. Did the Islanders get tired? Maybe. Did the Islanders still have some decent scoring chances in the double overtime? Yeah. They have... You know, nobody to blame but themselves. 15:03 into the double overtime, a very, very difficult situation. Scott Mayfield breaks his stick at the point. Can't you know? He gets back. He's in position, but there's only so much he can do. You had a a player in front. I believe it was Raffle, screening Varlamov and Ivan Provorov's shot beats Varley. That's Provorov's third, Kevin Hayes the assist at 15 3 Folks, in games that ended in regulation in this series, the Islanders are 3-0. In games that went to overtime in this series, the Islanders are 0-3. Did the Islanders outplay the Flyers for the majority of this game? Yes, they did. Did the Islanders have more shots on goal, more scoring chances, Uh, Did they do more things, you know, right for most of this game? Yes, they did. But any time in regulation, especially in that first period, that the Islanders made a mistake, it seemed like it ended up in the back of their net. And you can't afford to have things like that happen. Uh, You just don't expect the Islanders to you know, give up in 13 shots on goal in 40 minutes time, you don't expect the Islanders to allow three goals. That is just not what you expect on 13 shots in 40 minutes. And that, I think, more than anything, was the biggest reason that this team didn't win the game. They made only a handful of critical mistakes, but when they did make those mistakes... Flyers cashed in on them, and when the Islanders were swarming around the net, they weren't able to convert, and look, I'm not singling him out, but boy, Jordan Eberle had so many quality chances in this hockey game, and wasn't quite able to finish, and you know, we talked after Game 5 about the top line that it wasn't getting enough done uh as, you know at that through 53 minutes they had a total of two shots on goal between the three of them here are the shots on goal total in this game for the top line Matthew Barzal 9 shots on goal Anders Lee 7 shots on goal Jordan Eberle 5 shots on goal 21 shots between the three of them in this hockey game, and they just, you know, could not finish except for that one power play goal when it counted. All right, we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about what happened, and we'll talk about what the Islanders need to do in Game 7 if they're going to win this series and keep this Cinderella run going. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So now what? That really becomes the question. And there are a few things that this team really needs to do. Uh, first of all, emotionally, this team needs to regroup. They played a pretty good hockey game overall. They outplayed the Flyers. They did not win the hockey game. And when you play a double overtime game and had so many chances to end this series, when you know you were the better team for the majority of the game and you didn't get the job done, you realize that it's time to regroup and let's see what the Islanders can do. The goaltending situation, look, Varley wasn't sharp early, didn't face a lot of shots, but didn't come up big. Do they go to Grice in Game 7? I doubt it. Uh, But it wouldn't shock me either. Uh, I, I think that Trotz will go to the dance with the guy that brought him there, and for the most part, that is Simeon Varlamov. Five goals allowed in 31 shots in game six. That's an 8-39 save percentage in a game that, you know, he was on ice for 95-03. The Lee Nelson, uh, Lee and Nelson, by the way, both minus two. So was Josh Bailey uh, in this game. Tough night, I thought. For Devontae's, he did have an assist, made a nice play on that, but, you know, had a couple of uh, defensive breakdowns and, and turnovers that, uh, you know, did not really help. Scotty Mayfield had uh, four giveaways, which uh, also didn't sit well. The face-off circle, only Jean-Gabriel Pajot was uh, on the plus side. He won 12 out of 22. As far as hits go, 12 for Matt Martin in 15 minutes, 51 seconds, 10 for Jean-Gabriel Pajot, Sezekis with 7, Clutterbuck with 6, Anders Lee with 6, and 6 for Ryan Pulak. So, they did their job, ironically enough, and this is something unusual, the Islanders blocked 29 shots, the Flyers blocked 31, and that is unusual, uh that in this series, the Islanders would have fewer block shots than the Flyers. I don't think we're going to see Derek Broussard out of the lineup. He had a goal and an assist, played well uh, in his ice time, but it wouldn't shock me if the Islanders make one or two lineup changes. A little bit of a surprise here out of all of the uh, forwards. Who had the most ice time? Josh Bailey, 30 minutes, 45 seconds for Bales. Ryan Pulak, 36:14 14 uh, to lead all Islanders players. Here's what we need from this team going forward in Game 7. First of all, they've got to put the last two games out of their minds. They've got to regroup, refresh themselves, and they've got to get back to playing Islanders hockey, and they did that for most of the first two periods, even into the third and fourth periods, you know, first overtime, quite honestly. They outplayed them, but the mistakes ended up in the back of the net. Flyers still had more room to maneuver uh, down low, especially in the double overtime Uh, But the Islanders can't allow their mistakes to end up in the back of the net. They've got to get a better performance from their goalie, regardless of whether it is Varlamov or Grice. I think it will be Varlamov. The Islanders also uh, need Jordan Eberle to get a goal in this series. He still does not have one. He has had so many chances, I'm not trying to single him out, he did a lot of good things in this game, but uh, he's on that top line for a reason, and they're going to need him to come through and produce more. Uh, You know, they rolled the four lines pretty well for large portions of this game, and It it, it just is a shame because they were, for the most part, the better hockey team, but the better team or the team that plays better does not always win, and that was the case here. The penalty kill, by the way, shout out. The Flyers still do not have, officially at least, a power play goal in this series, and the PK has been outstanding overall. For the Islanders in this series, Islanders got a power play goal here in this game. The Anders Lee goal was with the man advantage, so that is an encouraging sign. But I think the biggest key, the biggest two keys to this Game 7 is, number one, get better goaltending. Number two, psychologically put the loss out of your mind. Get as much rest as you can between now and Saturday night, and be ready when that puck drops. The Islanders have no one to blame but themselves that they did not win this hockey game. They played well for the most part, and they are so, so close. The momentum clearly belongs to the Philadelphia Flyers right now, and that's not a good thing, but... The Islanders can snap it back with a good performance in Game 7, and everyone will forget about the struggles of Games 5 and 6 when the Islanders had chances to close out this series. Uh, one other piece of advice to the Islanders, don't let another game go to overtime. They are 0-3 in overtimes, as we've mentioned, and that is not going to help this team. Uh... Can't single out anybody as being the problem in this game. Can't, you know, just need to do the little things better when it comes to finishing some scoring chances, stopping some, you know, some scoring chances that you give up after turnovers. And, oh, so close. So, so close. This was really was a game the New York Islanders should have had. And the fact that they did not win it uh, is a very frustrating situation for the Islanders. All right, everybody, have a great weekend. We will be back to talk about what happens in Game 7. Hopefully to preview a series between the Islanders and the Lightning in the Eastern Conference Final. But uh, that's going to depend on who wins Game 7. I did predict this series would go to seven games, but when the Islanders were up 3-1... to one, I got to say, I'm sorry that I was right uh, after that. So we'll see what happens, but have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe. Enjoy game seven. And of course, let's go Islanders. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked on NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked on NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.